Welcome to the latest and ongoing series of short podcasts that I am recording for the Cood Street channel. They're not formal Cood Street podcasts, but they, you know, they are at least half of the Cood Street team, me, Jonathan, talking about books that we think are worthwhile or important. And if, in fact, if time allows at some point, I'll be talking about short stories as well. What I have in my mind right now is that it's the end of August. We're looking at the beginning of the gift-giving season. I know it's a little bit horrific to think about that, but I think people will be casting around to create gift lists. Before we know it, it'll be time to be writing recommended reading our essays. And as soon as that's done, we'll be moving into uh, award season. Now, whilst we all know at Cood Street that the uh, science fiction scene has an absurdly long gift-giving or award-giving season, Nonetheless, you know, I think we're all focused on it and we're looking for recommendations. There are all sorts of other books I could recommend, and on a recent one of these I recommended Aurora as a book that I would most likely, by Kim Stanley Robinson, that I would most likely put on my uh, ballot next year. And I, I would hold to that. There's a few books that are in that space. I think my guess is that by April of next year I'll have about 10 or 12 books that could go onto my uh, Hugo ballot, and I will look to winnow those down. Just yesterday, I was fortunate enough to be part of a conversation with Zen Cho. Zen is a Malaysian-born uh, English writer. She's had a very successful uh, very, you know, short story collection published recently that won the uh, won the um, Crawford Award. And she's also just edited, a, edited an anthology of Malaysian cyberpunk stories called Cyberpunk Malaysia. Her debut novel, Sorcerer to the Crown, is just in stores as I as I record this and i have to say it's a book that i i yeah, finished this afternoon and i enjoyed very greatly and i recommend it to you i recommend it to you because it's well written i recommend it to you because it's an enormous amount of fun it's quite funny as very engaging it's also interesting it's more than just a piece of light entertainment though it's definitely entertaining what is it? Okay, Sorcerer of the Crown is the opening book in a trilogy. It relates the story of the Sorcerer Royal uh, to um, in the United Kingdom in the early 1800s. Zachariah Wythe is a young man who, at a, in his early 20s, has been thrust into the position of great influence and power as Sorcerer Royal, but his ascension has been very contra- controversial. There are rumours that he's murdered his pre- predecessor, that he's been responsible for a decline in England's available magic. Uh, and magic in this book very much comes across as a kind of shareable resource. There are international boundaries for it. There are various ways of using it and consuming it, the feeling that if you don't have access to it, you're in trouble. The major kicker for Zacharias White, though, is that he's African. He's black. And this means that he's not very well received. The Society of Thaumaturges that is used to controlling British magic is a very conservative one, and they are more than a little bit you know, given to reject uh, you know, Zachariah and, you know, and his role as Sorcerer Royal, which they feel really should belong to, to, to one of their number. You can just imagine the kind of story this is. But this is, I mean, Zen herself has described this as being a Regency romance. She's taken the, the, the structure of it, and she's changed it, she's varied it. Regency romances de- depend, obviously, on romance. And so we have a, a poor young woman, Prunella, who works in a school for 
young women who are trying to learn not to use their magic because in this world only men are supposed, or at least in the English part of this world, only men are supposed to be using magic. Um, however, she p- very quickly ends up you know, going to London, attempting to uh, have a, a season where she can come out, where she can find a husband. It's not you know, terribly surprising to find that she becomes very attracted to Zachariah. It's not terribly surprising to find out there's a lot more to her because I think the great strength of this book, the thing that makes it much more interesting than to, you know, to me than just a straight Regency romance, is that Cho spends a lot of time looking at the issues around her characters. There's a lot of issues to do with feminism written into the, into the background of this. A lot of uh, issues to do with racism. I mean, after all, Zechariah was is a freed slave, uh, and he's struggling to get by in a basically racist society. Prunella, who's a young woman, also of varied race background. It's only specified later in the book. Uh, she also faces all kinds of barriers. First, because she's a woman, isn't supposed to be practicing magic. Second of all, because it's a role in society she's supposed to fulfill. Third of all, because of her own mixed-race background. And that's partly product of colonialism as well. Added into this mix a healthy dose of you know, Malaysian magic, represented by a very freewheeling and eccentric Malaysian witch. And the whole book begins to spiral pretty much out of control. We're left wondering how Zachariah is going to remain Sorcerer Royal. We're left wondering what's going to happen to Prunella, what her prospects are as her season progresses, and how she's going to cope with her own interaction with uh, English magic. And also, what's going to happen on the broader stage? Because we're a lot of time is spent discussing the broader stage. You know, the responsibility of England, its interaction with fairy, the reduction in the availability of English magic, other magical nations. Now, although this is book one of a trilogy, or at least of, of a series of three, and I think there's a subtle difference there, I suspect this is more a series of three than just a straight trilogy with a beginning-middle-end volume, the story is nonetheless brought to a very satisfying conclusion. There are major plot elements that are played out in the context of the story, and enough left over that you can see where Cho might take it in the second volume, which I think is probably from what she said on a Kuchit podcast yesterday, a year or two away. Do I think this book is likely to end up on awards ballots? I think it'll be on recommended reading lists. I think it should be in Christmas stockings. Goodness, I, I really think it should be a book you'd consider going out and buying now. And in fact, I would strongly recommend you do so. After all, one thing we have all learnt is that you know the sales of a book in its early days are critical. What would I give this out of 10 if I were doing such a thing? I wouldn't. I would simply say, if we were friends and we were sitting over a, cu- a cup of coffee somewhere, I'd recommend it to you, particularly if you know, a, light, f- a light, funny, engaging, romantic story with liberal doses of fantasy and a real social conscious appeal to you. It appeal- I-, I wasn't sure it would appeal to me. The, the book looks physically you know, beautiful, so it's nice, nice to own, although I'm sure ebook readers will be just as happy. And I think it's, it really stakes an interesting space for a really promising talent. I mean, this is a first novel. I can only imagine that the second and third will be better. And whatever Zen goes on to beyond that will be even more impressive. So do look for it. Do consider adding it to your uh, to-read pile. Uh, consider it for gifts and make notes of it for awards. There are certain uh, awards it would do very well in. So, 
Until next time, this has been me, Jonathan, giving you a short review podcast. Perhaps there'll be another soon.